if you've tried everything, all these physical things, the blood work, all the things, and you're still not sleeping, chances are it's probably more of a psychological issue than a, than a physiological at this point. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Welcome to episode number 143 of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. I hope you all have an amazing 4th of July. And in Hotlanta, it's actually hot. Can you imagine that? It's always hot. Anyway, in this week's episode of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast, I welcome Devin Burke. And we are going to speak about something that is a primary necessity and also a huge contributor to disease in our bodies. Sleep. Lack of sleep is a biggie, especially with the vid and people who are stressed out and overworked. But anyway, in this episode, we're going to talk about sleep. Devin Burke is an international and TEDx speaker, best-selling author of The Sleep Advantage, the founder of the Sleep Science Academy, and one of the top health and sleep coaches in the world. His books, keynotes, programs, and videos have inspired thousands of people to improve their sleep, energy, and life. Devin helps high achievers and exhausted insomniacs get and stay asleep so they can wake up with more peace, power, and presence. Devin explains how sleep can impact you mentally, emotionally, physically, from driving cortisol levels to affecting your appetite, hormones, obesity, and changing the way you show up in your relationship. He shares some of his favorite tools when it comes to optimizing sleep, including temperature variation, weighted blanket, inclined sleeping, and many others. How much sleep do you need is not a simple answer, but this podcast can help you and your path of self-discovery and sleep. And if you love this podcast or you like the podcast, please rate and review the show. It means a lot to me. Enjoy this episode and happy 4th of July. Devin, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. How the heck are you today? Um, I'm doing well. I I got good sleep last night. So we got good sleep last night. We're going to talk about sleep. <laughs> We're definitely going to talk about sleep because you are the sleep man. I am. I'm the sleep man. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing book, The Sleep Advantage. I highly recommend that to anybody out there that's listening. Uh, I've read it, read through it a couple of times, actually, because there's so much in there to absorb. Mm. So uh, I, I've enjoyed it. And I hope the pe- listeners get a chance to enjoy it as well. I, I have it on Kindle. So contrary to what we're going to talk about, it's on my iPad, <laughs> which I, I usually read in bed. But I do have it set in night mode. So it, it does eliminate some of the screen time. There you go. Yeah, there's always there's always little hacks you can you can you can little adjustments you can make for yeah. sure. But thanks for thanks for getting it and reading it. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Good book. Before before we dive into sleep today, into the you have an interesting journey into this health and wellness realm. You wanted to become a physical therapy, a doctor of physical therapy. What happened here? Because you switched to completely, well, not really completely, but into a whole different realm. Yeah. And decided to go to IIN. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> long story short, I uh took two and a half month backpack trip to Europe. And I really had the time and the space to kind of start to think about life, think about what I wanted. And up until that point, I really was just sort of caught in life, I should say. And so that, that trip allowed me to have the space to really think about my life and about you know, who I was and what, I, what gifts I had. And I just never had the, the, the time or the space to really 
ask those deeper questions. And I, I, when I got back from that trip, I was actually on the beach and I was, you know, meditating and kind of praying and just sort of, I had this feeling like, you know, I, I don't, I had this feeling like I was not supposed to go back to school and be a doctor of physical therapy, but it scared the shit out of me, to be honest, Tom, because I, I didn't know, you know, I was like, oh, this, this is what I thought I was supposed to do. And, and all these things, um, long story short, I met someone who I was working at, a, I was at working at a PT clinic and this woman like literally was like glowing, transformed. And I was like, what, what do you, you know, what, what's going on? Cause last I saw her a couple months ago and she looked totally different. She said, oh, I work with a health coach. And so I didn't even know health coaching was a thing. I didn't know that was a, I didn't know anything about it. And I met her health coach and she told me a little bit about the work that she was doing and about IIN. And I said, wow, this is, this sounds, this sounds more in alignment with, with what my heart's true desire is. And so that kind of led me on this <laughs> learning journey to really just be able to discover how, how do you thrive, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and make an impact and, um, and serve. And so that led me up all the way to what we've been doing for the last uh, six years, helping people sleep. So it's been, there's a lot, there are a lot of, a lot of other stories along the way, but that's sort of the 30,000 foot view of kind of what, what took me to, well, to where I am now. And I've gone on your website a couple of times lately and you have a great website, but under your bio, there's a lot of class. You, you're a study man. You like to study and, and, and grow and grow your business. Also grow your mind and, and learn things. And I, I, and I'm that same way. So I love to quote on there. Live as if you were going to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm a student. That's I'm a life student, just like you. I mean, we were talking obviously before we got on the, on the show here today. I love to learn. I mean, and it's, we're so blessed to live in a time where we, we have access to amazing teachers and, and all the information is just at our fingertips. And, you know, information is amazing. And, and it, you know, when you take action on that information, it's even more amazing because you actually can see the results of, um, you know, in your life, in your health. Right. You know? So, so yeah, so that, that's definitely been part of my journey is just continuing to be, and I, I, I'm a, I'm a student, I'm continuing to learn and, and always every day I'm learning, reading books because there's so much out there. And, um, I think you have to have that attitude if you really want to serve and continue to be innovative in any type of field. Right. I agree a hundred percent. All right. It's time to dive in here. Let's dive in this talk and talk about sleep. Or as I like to say, enter Sandman, like the Metallica song. Because, <laughs> you know, here's the thing that people don't understand. And, and nearly 7, 700 million Americans have some kind of sleep disorder. And that's a lot. And, and that's not even including the last two years of this COVID, two plus yeah. years of COVID, which added to that, I'm sure. But sleep basically improves every aspect of your life from your health, relationships, career, performance. Sleep is a foundation for everything. Let's be, start off with insomnia because people don't realize that there's more than one type of insomnia. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, insomnia and sleep apnea are the two main disorders that plague people with sleep. And we at Sleep Science Academy deal with mostly insomnia. Um, and there are different types of insomnia. So there's, let's start with sort of the basics. So there's onset insomnia, which is trouble initiating sleep. And then there's what's called maintenance insomnia, which is trouble staying asleep. So there's, and then sometimes you have both. And then within that, there's different categories also, as far as transient, acute, or chronic. And transient could be for a couple of days. Acute is usually a couple of weeks. And then chronic after three months, it becomes chronic. Uh, and there's there's even more subtypes as well than that. Just just to keep it simple, a lot of people don't realize Tom that they have insomnia, and so it's important to it is important to understand it's very common, and it can come and go. And a lot of times, people unfortunately get stuck in relying on sleeping medications to um, to try to solve it. And those are really band aids. They're not really addressing the underlying root causes, which um, can lead 
lead down a slippery slope of, of addiction and all kinds of, you know, uh, dis- disruption of someone's life. Yep, I agree 100%. And there's a lot of things we can do to hack sleep. I don't want to, that word hack has become popular lately, but there's a yeah. lot of things we can do to get to sleep better. But some of them you have to really self examine yourself. And there's, you know, like myself, I had, I was on Seroquel for a long period of time that really screwed my neurotransmitters. So I'm always trying to find different ways to increase my sleep. And I know that tracking sleep is, is something that's become very uh, popular, but it also becomes an addiction itself. Yeah, there's actually a term for that. So ortho, orthosomnia, ortho, orthorexia. It's, um, so it's a, you become hyper obsessed with sleep data. It's like the quest for the perfect night of sleep. And, you know, we at Sleep Science Academy, we do track, we use the aura ring, we do track sleep. But if you don't know how to improve your sleep, if you don't know how to interpret the data, it can be detrimental. We find that a lot where people are tracking their sleep, they're get their, you know, their devices are telling them that they're sleeping terribly, but they don't know how to fix it. And they're reading all the, you know, the advice on the internet. And a lot of that advice is meant for people that are really looking to improve their sleep quality, not necessarily solve insomnia, which oftentimes individuals don't even realize that they have in the first place. So it becomes very confusing. And a lot of things are paradoxical or don't seem to make sense that when you're trying to solve sleep issues, it's it's like, well, this makes sense. But in reality, it actually is what keeps people stuck. An example of that is spending too much time in bed. Which, when sleeps, you know, in sleep science, we call that sleep efficiency. You know, so there's all these other ones as well, and people just, unfortunately, they, they get very confused, and then they end up resorting to usually a sleeping medication, and then it, that that becomes another whole rabbit hole, and you know, that's sometimes where addiction comes in, and it's it gets it get, it can get pretty crazy quick when people don't really understand how to um, how to improve their sleep. Oh. So, so I think there's a place for, you know, you, you can master what you measure, but if you don't have the proper knowledge or support, then that information, it's like getting a blood test. If you don't know how to read a blood test and you get a blood test, that's not useful for you. Unless right. you have a doctor or someone that's like, Hey, this is what this means. You know? So same thing with sleep. Yeah, I agree. And I usually track Sunday through Thursday, Sunday through Thursday. I take Friday and Saturday. That's my time. I'm not going to worry about my sleep. If I sleep, yeah. if I sleep all night, great. If I, well, I, I still fall asleep. So, but we're going to talk about some of the ways to get to sleep, but let's talk about the stage. First of all, let's get to the most important part. This is four stages of sleep, or there may be more. I know there's four. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's really, there's two different types of sleep. So there's non-REM and REM. So rapid eye movement is that's what REM stands for. And then within the, you know, the non-REM, depending on, you know, who you're talking to there, you could say three stages, you could say four stages, stage three and four kind of got clumped together as, as like deep Delta sleep, but essentially every 90 minutes, we're going through these different cycles, these different stages of sleep to complete a full cycle. And within each stage of sleep, unique things are going on in our body. Um, and when we talk about sleep quality, we're really talking about REM sleep and deep sleep or stage three and four or N3. And those are when the body is repairing, recovering. I mean, every stage is important, but those are really when your body's in, in super repair mode. You can think of your immune system being activated. You can think of your, you know, when you're dreaming, you're working on emotional traumas of the day, memory consolidation. So there's like mentally a lot going on and physically a lot's going on within those deeper stages of sleep. And that's happening all throughout the night. And we call that your sleep architecture. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things happen when we sleep. We, 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 our body detoxes itself. It regenerates. Rest and repair. That's what it is. When you get to that REM sleep, it's rest and repair. It's hormones, blood cells, immune system, like you said. And it just basically recharges you. And it's, you know, I, I know that myself, it, it's been a, it's a struggle after I came off the Seracool to get to that REM sleep. And now I've pretty much mastered it with some things and we'll talk about those, but let's talk about the one big one. And the, and this is a, like a monkey or the, 
what do they call it in the room? Elephant in the room. Yeah. No, but a lot of people think that alcohol helps them sleep better. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because well, alcohol is a sedative. And so it actually can relax you, which then puts you in a state where sleep is most likely to occur. But unfortunately, if we went into a sleep lab and we hooked you up to all the, you know, the electrodes and you we're looking at your brain, you're getting fragmented sleep. And also obviously alcohol um, raises your body temperature and temperature and light are the two things that control sleep, the two levers. And so oftentimes just people don't realize, you know, they're not getting, they're getting fragmented sleep and they're not getting into the deeper stages of specifically REM sleep. Alcohol is known to affect the REM stages of sleep, which is really important for memory and learning and for emotional health. I call it, it's like the, um, emotional first aid is when you're going through that, those REM cycles. That's when we're dreaming. That's when we're problem solving. We're coming up with, you know, creative ideas. A lot happens during those stages and alcohol gets in the way of those deeper. Absolutely. And it it doesn't interfere with a lot of things. It interferes with your GABA and glutamate in the body. And you don't get that REM sleep because it's, it just kind of blocks, it blocks that pathway. And it just like, your liver's still processing the alcohol, keeping you really from going into that REM sleep. Which yeah. Yep. So, it's, you know, I think timing is really important. So, and quality. So right. I, I, you know, when I drink, I will drink earlier in the day and I'll drink very high quality, like red wine, right. but not too much. You know, you can get a gateway with a glass, glass and a half, really high quality, low sulfite, biodynamic wine. But if you go into some of these cheaper liquors, or alcohol and you're doing it too, you know, heavier alcohol content, liquor or wine too late into the evening, you're absolutely going to be getting uh, an effect in your sleep. Absolutely. And that's what most people are drinking. They're unfortunately, you know, drinking way, they're doing the nightcap right before bed. And this, the quality of most alcohols that people consume is, is unfortunately not, not very good. You know, so it's so yep. a quality a lot. Now, the other thing is, is that it, it really sleep interferes with your weight loss because of the two hunger hormones. Can we go into that a little bit? Yeah. So ghrelin and leptin are the two hormones that control our hunger and our signaling that we're full. Ghrelin is the, the, the hormone that controls, hey, we're, it's time to eat. Leptin is the hormone that says, hey, it's time to stop eating. And what happens when you're not slept, when you're underslept, is that these hormones get dysregulated. So you're hung. So what happens essentially is you're hungry all the time, you crave sugar and fat like crazy, and your body doesn't know when to stop. And so on top of that, then your willpower, mentally, you have massive reduction in willpower. So you're eating all the wrong foods. Your body doesn't know that it's you know full, essentially. And um, it's just a recipe for <laughs> gaining weight. On top of that, your cortisol levels are high. So then you know your body's storing the food that you're consuming, which is usually the wrong food because just you're craving all the wrong foods as fat. So there's a huge link between obesity and weight loss and sleep. It's, it's, um, you, uh, thanks for bringing that up because it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle. It is, it is. And people unfortunately get on that cycle and they could be eating even the, all the right things and exercising. But if they're not sleeping, this, you know, this hormone disruption, this dysregulation of these two hormones create havoc, you know, throw the body out of homeostasis, which then leads to not either being able to lose weight or oftentimes gain weight. Let's get into our penile gland and the gifts it gives us to accommodate our circadian rhythm, because those are some of the things we need to get into that deep REM sleep. Melatonin, uh, and adenosine. Yep. So let's talk about that, those two and, and that get us back into that deep sleep every night or actually so, put us to sleep. Yeah. So, so essentially, um, besides light and temperature, there's, there's really two systems that control sleep, right? There's circadian rhythm and that's involved. Light has a factor in that, which releases melatonin, which is, we call that the, the vampire hormone or the sleep hormone that sort of sets melatonin, what gets released from the penile gland kind of triggers the body. Okay. Now it's time to, to start to sleep. 
right? It triggers this, this sort of cascade of hormones that then make us sleepy or tired. Um, and then adenosine, we call that sleep pressure. So adenosine is this neurochemical that builds up in our bodies and also builds up this, this desire or hunger to sleep, the sleepiness, which then contributes to us sort of staying in sync with, with the cycles of the sun, um, which is really at the end. Of, and then there's also electromagnetic um, components to this whole thing, but I don't want to get too... <laughs> yeah, right. it's all other... Uh, there all also is a magnetic portion to this whole system. So just to keep things simple, circadian rhythm, and then we have sleep pressure. Adenosine builds up throughout the day. When we sleep, it gets cleared out. There's something called caffeine that blocks adenosine. We can talk about that. And then melatonin, melatonin is, it's an amazing thing. So when the sun starts to set and it doesn't happen as, as much now, because now we have all this light in our homes and blue light specifically from devices that sort of turns off the melatonin faucet from being totally turned on, starts to get released from these myopsin cells in our eyes. So there's a lot going on, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the light as the sun starts to set, melatonin starts to be released. Um, and also at that same time, adenosine has built up in our bodies, which has created this sleep pressure. And that leads to us then hopefully being able to sleep. If we, if we were in sync with the our bodies and our, right. and our minds are in a place to allow sleep to happen. And there's a lot of things like I know blue blocker glasses have become real popular, especially for that cycle. If you have a lot of uh, blue lights in your house, I, I've changed a lot of my bulbs in the house over. I don't remember the company that makes them, but they actually make a difference, a big difference. Yeah. Candescent bulbs. Um, are usually the ones that you want to go for. They don't really make them uh, as much anymore. You know, everything kind of gone to LEDs and fluorescents, which are emit a lot of blue light. But there are companies out there, and I always tell people, I mean, it's awesome if you want to, you know, upgrade and get these circadian lights, which are going to become even more popular as people become aware of the detrimental effects of the light in their home. But you could just start to turn off half the lights in your house, and I use a, a salt lamp. And and red red light is very good, as long as you're not looking directly into right. it. Because if you think about it, we used to sit around a fire, stare at a fire, and so that's that light wave for whatever reason helps melatonin production, and and also these these blue light blocking glasses are often tinted, sort of red or orange, which kind of filters out that blue light and creates sort of that same effect. So there's definitely some things that you can do to help mitigate the. Uh, harmful effects of modern day lighting. Let's get into, uh, well, caffeine, we just talked about a little bit, but that's a adenosine blocker and it doesn't, it stops us from falling into the REM sleep as well as alcohol. I try and cut off my coffee at noon. Something I do as a personal hack is like a afternoon after 12 noon, I, there's no more coffee. That's a great strategy. Yeah, because the half-life of caffeine is, you know, depending on how fast you metabolize it, it's in your body for four to sometimes even like six hours, the half-life. So it's in your body for double that, eight to 12, sometimes even more if you're a slow metabolizer. Another strategy is to throw in some some mushrooms or use something like L-theanine when you take caffeine. That right. can help buffer the adrenal glands. It can have, have, have help with the, the acidity of, of coffee on the body. So there are some little upgrades that you can do along the way if you want to still use yeah, coffee. I buy, I buy L-thionine but, uh, from a company that does bulk supplements. It's a powder. And I usually put it like a quarter teaspoon in my coffee. Yeah, that's great. That's great. In the morning. So it, it plus it takes the edge off of the cheap coffee. You know? It, it does. <laughs> I mean, it definitely helps with the jitters. Um, I'm a big fan of though when you're, when you know, I mean, you're even, there's a whole thing around coffee and mold and use in, uh, in our house. I drink coffee once in a while, but a bulletproof coffee is a pretty good one. There's some other good companies that create clean coffee without mold, but, but yeah, I mean, caffeine at the end of the day, you want to just really be mindful of the timing of caffeine because it does absolutely block adenosine and you want that adenosine building up in your body so you can get to these deeper stages of right. sleep. All right, let's talk about feeding your body for sleep because this is something that people don't do very often either. And it's no wonder why we have sleep issues. 
But there's a lot of sugar, dairy, there's a lot of stuff that goes into feeding your body to improve sleep. I mean, we all know like at Thanksgiving, we eat the turkey and everybody takes a nap. (laughs) It's all that tryptophan. So... Yeah, I think it's that and the sugar crash after the pumpkin pie the pumpkin and the cookies pie. and all the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you get you get the double double whammy. You get the tryptophan from the from the turkey bird, and then you're getting that insulin spike from all the uh, you know the carb rich foods that are so delicious. Um, so what do you recommend yeah, for the feeding your body for sleep? You know, to keep it simple, what's good for your health is also good for your sleep. So. You know, staying away from things that are hard to digest, like dairy, specifically um, meat late at night is probably going to serve you well. But some people can tolerate dairy. Some people can tolerate meat. Depends on the quality. Um, the big things to stay away from, though, is sugar. Because no matter you know who you are, if you're having too much sugar in your diet, and most people do, that wrecks havoc on sleep. Um, so you know, sugar, caffeine, alcohol, those are sort of the big ones to, to try to right. mitigate and avoid. Um, and then outside of that, it's really understanding, well, what works for your body? Uh, what, and it, I'm, I'm just a big believer in eating quality food, eating right for your unique sort of situation, your lifestyle, your genetics, all that. But the timing is, 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 is critical. If you, most people eat way too close to bedtime. And I know this from personal experience. I've been tracking my sleep for about five years. And the part of sleep that I struggle with is deep sleep. And it's when I eat too close to bedtime. So for me, I need like a three and a half hour minimum window. For some people, it can be three hours, two hours. Some people need four hour window. So depending on your metabolism, depending on what you're eating, you don't want your body digesting food when it should be digesting cancer cells, uh, which is really at the nut in, throughout the night, that's what's happening. Our bodies are repairing, removing all these damaged cells. You don't want the energy being diverted to the stomach to digest food. And so the first half of the night, that's when we get most of that deep sleep, that body physical repair and eating too close to bedtime creates, unfortunately, a um, disruption of getting into those deeper stages of sleep time. Right. I I do intermittent. I try and intermittent fast every day of the week. So my cutoff is about 630. So I can go, go, you know, and sometimes I'll eat a half a sweet potato like just before that cutoff. Yeah. So that it helps me sleep a little bit better. And I'm not sure what the science is behind that sweet pota- half a sweet potato. I'll tell you, actually. So one thing that can happen is throughout the night, our insulin levels can drop oh, and yeah. that can wake you up. And if you have a sweet potato, it's great because it has fiber. So you're in a slow, steady, it's fiber and sugar, right? So it's a healthy starch. So you're getting kind of a slower digestive metabolic, um, fire from that specific food, which is great because sometimes if you're, if your insulin drops too much throughout the night then that'll actually disturb your sleep. Um, and so that's a great strategy. It's a great sweet potatoes. That was taught to me a long time ago when I first started this health journey in like 2008. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I was, and I don't, I don't remember why, but I, just kind of, but now I, uh, you're right because it's a slow digesting carb. Yep. And so let's talk about hydration and sleep because most of us don't hydrate enough anyway. I, I see lab work from people and I'm like, you, you got to drink more water. They're like, how do you know that from my blood? It's like, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Right. Yeah, it's a big one. Most people are chronically dehydrated. The challenge is with this is that sometimes if you, you don't start drinking early enough, you're going to get up and have to use the restroom. And then what happens is then your mind starts going and then you have a hard time falling back to sleep, especially for men as they age, prostate and all that. So you want to start to drink a liter of water as soon as you wake up. And the reason you want to do that is because you you lose sometimes more than a liter of water just through respiration and sweat throughout the night. So you want to start to replenish that right as soon as you wake up. You know, I usually like to throw a little bit of electrolytes in water just in the beginning of, of the morning, just to kind of get things sort of moving. Right. And that's a great strategy. And then you just want to drink throughout the day. And sometimes if you're really dehydrated, sipping warm water um, throughout the day can be a really it's Ayurvedic sort of uh, hack, if you will. Ayurveda is 2000 year old science. 
And so sipping warm water can hydrate the body throughout the day, but really just drinking water, just have, you know, like for me, I, I have this liter water bottle here. It sits it's with me all the time. I see you got yours. We must be health coaches. And, you know, so it's like, you know, just having, having it available and just throughout the day, making sure that you're, you're drinking is, is, is critical. It absolutely will affect your sleep um, when you're for the better, when you're, when you're hydrated. Absolutely. Okay. If you've worked with a lot of movers and shakers in the world, and this is something that came up recently for me, because I happen to have a client, is it like a world traveler? He works for the PGA and flies all over the world. He's a big wig with the PGA and his schedule. And one, one of the things he hurts one, his sleep is because he flies. He's always on a plane. And he's yeah. like, Tom, how do I stop this madness? And I actually emailed you when I first got this, learned about this, and you sent me back a thing. So let's talk about the movers and the shakers that are always on a plane jetting off on Sundays or Monday mornings and coming back to their East Coast on Wednesdays or, thir- or Thursdays and Fridays. Yeah. So this is a big problem. It's, um, and there's a lot of challenges that come along with, with traveling over several time zones. The, the first one is when you're flying, you're, you know, talk, we just finished talking about hydration. When you're flying, you get dehydrated oftentimes. Not only that is every, every time zone you fly in, it takes about an hour for you to kind of catch up your circadian clock to catch up, which takes about a day. So there are strategies to, to help people that have these types of lifestyles. One of them I always like to write, there's an app called Time Shifter. And specifically for people like your, your client that you mentioned, it's well worth the investment. And it kind of will help you come up with a, a plan based off of how many time zones you're going to fly through. And meaning what time you should eat, how to utilize melatonin. This is a time where I would recommend use, utilizing melatonin what to do when you land, what not to do, you know, depending on where you're landing as far as like wearing sunglasses or not wearing sunglasses. So depending on where you're flying, how many time zones you're crossing all dictates what you would do and what you wouldn't do. And within that, it would be meal timing. It would be light exposure and it would also be supplementation. So it's kind of hard just to kind of give a blanket overview of like, Hey, here's, here's the thing to do. Cause it really does depend on which way you're flying, how many time zones are you crossing? And then, and then from there you would dictate, okay, well, what would I start to do a few days earlier as far as from a lifestyle standpoint that would help prepare my mind and body for the disruption that it's about to have. And so, um, you know, there's, there's, a, it, it, it can get, pretty specific, um, which is why this app exists called time shifter. And I just recommend for, for people that are flying all over the place, just download the app and it'll make it really simple for you. And I noticed that last week I flew out of Atlanta and flew into Austin. So there's an hour time change, not a big deal, but I noticed that when I was at the retreat that by nine o'clock I was ready for bed. Oh yeah. Your body. Oh yeah, absolutely. Your body loves, it absolutely loves routine and rhythm. And so it's when you're traveling in these different time zones, you're, you're essentially disrupting that routine, and that rhythm. And so depending on how many, you know, where you're flying, it can be quite drastic. You know, if you're flying six time zones, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. That's it, it, it's half a day. It's half a day. That could take you six days in order to really calibrate to you know, your body understanding that, Hey, now it's, we're on this schedule. Um, for some people it's quicker than other people. Like for me personally, I'm, I adjust very quickly to certain time zones, but for some people it's a real challenge and they really do experience heavy jet lag. And for those people, there are a lot of strategies. It's just a matter of understanding, you know, what levers to pull and when. And we've been talking about melatonin a couple of times here. And I'm one of those guys, and this is probably why I didn't get COVID. Is but my melatonin, I take a, anywhere from 60 milligrams to 120 milligrams a day. 
So, and that's because of the, and, and I'm trying, and as we talked before this podcast, I'm getting ready to do a, uh, a neurotransmitter urine test to see where my, where my gap is, what's going on. But, and if anybody ever wants to do a neurotransmitter test, reach out to me and I'll get you a neurotransmitter test. But, you know, I know that 60 to 100 milligrams or 120 milligrams is kind of like a taboo in the sleep community. But also as you get older, your melatonin levels decrease. Yeah. So here's the thing with melatonin. So, you know, if you look at the meta analysis of all the studies on melatonin and sleep, it doesn't, based off of all of the studies that have been on melatonin, it doesn't really show that it helps with sleep specifically, duration or quality. It can be used for timing, but melatonin as an antioxidant, that's totally different. So melatonin as a as an antioxidant being used to help with glutathione production and with cellular mitochondrial health, that's totally different. So if you're doing high doses of melatonin, you might not necessarily, your sleep might not necessarily be benefiting, but your health could absolutely be benefiting from that. Now that's my opinion. Obviously everyone has their own and, and melatonin is very controversial as far as, you know, what, if it's healthy, if it's not healthy, it is a hormone Our bodies do naturally produce it. I just think it really depends on the person. It depends on your, your lifestyle, your unique genetics, your health history. So if, you know, but there is a lot of interesting studies that I have read around melatonin being this incredible antioxidant. So if you're, you know, if you're in that sort of line of thought, then maybe high dose melatonin would be, would be a a good strategy for longevity. Yeah. And there's a book, uh, Dr. uh, Dr. Down by you, he's on, uh, South Florida on the West Coast. John Lawrence, I know him. Yeah, yeah. John Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he just wrote a book called Melatonin: The Miracle Molecule. Yes, I read it before he published it. He sent yeah. it over to me. Um, Did he really? Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a very I've, good dude. I've tried his. Uh, he has a suppository called Sandman. Uh, I think Sandman. 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 And it's kind right. of like two hundred milligrams of melatonin. I believe 150 milligrams of glutathione, 50 to 60 milligrams of hemp. And I tell you what, man, I've tried that sucker out, man. It is a, it is a monster of, a, of suppository. <laughs> not, not size wise, I'm talking, but that will, that knocked my, that knocked me into the, probably the deepest sleep I've ever had. Not that, not that melatonin alone is, the reason you sleep, because we need other things like GABA and HTP, right. which we're going to get into now, because let's talk about supplements that help improve your sleep. And uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, Tom, a lot. Um, in my book, I have a whole chapter on supplements just for this reason, because many people ask me about them. And, you know, before we get into that, I mean, it really, you have to be careful. Supplements should supplement a healthy lifestyle. You know, no supplement's going to be the cure. And it really depends on the quality of the supplement, how it's sourced, how it's stored, where it's manufactured. There are great companies out there. Most of them are not great, just to be honest. I'm a big fan of adaptogens. So like holy basil, ashwagandha, you know, those are two great ones that can help because they're just not only going to help you sleep, they're going to help you relax. They kind of give your body what it needs when it needs it. I'm a big fan of L-theanine is, is a great one to use. Because it, it definitely can help give you this relaxed focus. It can help rela- calm and relax, sort of like the brakes on the GABA system. I like Kava. Kava Plex is a um, is a great product. Kava oil. Um, that actually Kava can rebuild the GABA system. It's which is a, which is incredible. Like most of these, you know, benzos they deplete the GABA system, but Kava actually has reverse tolerance, meaning the more you take it, the less you need to take to get the desired effect. And it's actually been found to actually rebuild the GABA receptors, which is extraordinary and can have a similar effect to like a benzo, like more of like a sedative type of, of, of effect. There's a lot of them out there, you know, the 5-HTPs, there's, you know, the CBD, there's, you know, so there's herbs, there's amino acids, and and there's also, you know, a lot of combinations of 
herbs and amino acids right. and Zyman you know, Jimmy. Yeah. Zyman Jimmy makes one called Cortisol. Cortisol. Okay, I haven't. No, I haven't heard that one. That has got holy basil, ashwagandha, magnolia, and a little bit of L-thionine. Oh, that's a good mix. Yeah. 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 I mean, so some of these herbs are going to work better for certain people. Also, it depends on like your, again, there's so many factors here. Right. There's no, there's no magic. (laughs) I mean, it's it's not like you can't, I mean, one thing you got to stay away from though, and I'm going to say this, is that a lot of these over-the-counter meds become very addictive. Yeah, it's a big problem. And it's sad. It's sad. A lot of these things are are really dangerous. People don't realize they're addictive and they're band-aids. And not to right. say that there's not a time and a place for them. I think that for certain people and, and they can benefit from some of these medications, but oftentimes people have prescribed these things way too long. Right. And like Ambien. Phew, that's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. It really is. It's the side effects are super strong and it's, uh, people do crazy things on Ambien. I can tell you crazy stories of people. I've, I've spoken to thousands of people that have sleep issues. A lot of them taking Ambien and I hear the wildest stories from people. Like one quick one, this guy went to sleep in his bed and he woke up in jail. Didn't recall anything in between. And what happened was his wife who normally would kind of guide him back into his bed when he sleepwalks and goes to the fridge and tries to eat all the food, left. She wasn't there. I don't know if she was on a trip or something. He got in the car. He drove down the street, completely asleep, stopped at a, at a stop sign. Cops pull him over, arrest him because they think that he's, you know, he is intoxicated, but not with alcohol or any, you know, ambient. He wakes up. In jail, doesn't recall a thing. And that was because he was on Ambien. So it can make people... And I've heard cra- other crazy stories. Yeah, I've heard stories. crazy stories too. Yeah, it's wild. It's, so Yeah, there's, there's nothing good can be done with these prescriptions, really. And even the non-prescriptions like Dake or, or was the, the NyQuil... Uh, Tylenol PM, you have Unisom. Right. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, it, it's, it really is a challenge because people do want this quick fix. And that's the type of thinking that keeps people really from solving the problem is, is looking for these silver bullets. And we're kind of conditioned and programmed to look for easy. It's just sort of the nature. But unfortunately, all of these, again, it's, um, you're just kicking the can down the road. You're not addressing the underlying causes. And unless you do that, you're going to continue to suffer from poor sleep. Exactly. And you're going to drive down the street and get arrested if you <laughs> yeah, that was crazy, crazy. That, that was a crazy one i was i was on the edge of my seat i've heard some weird ones there. i've heard one guy got up and instead of going to the bathroom in the toilet ended up peeing all over his wife oh yeah there's yep i've heard uh, all kinds of things very similar eating the entire refrigerator peeing on the wife um <laughs> you know doing all kinds of crazy things all right let's get into some hacks Biohacking has become a major word. I, I kind of really don't like it, but it is what it is. But I wear like a mask. I wear a, a, a dark mask when I go to sleep. There's weighted blankets. There's a chill mat. I like to keep my room below 60, like 67 at night. Yeah. And uh, I wear a dark mask. At, you know, it's kind of, I guess that's a girl thing, but it works for me. So, yeah, I mean, you want your your bedroom to be cold, dark, and quiet. Um, you know, dark because we don't want even a little bit of light in the room can disrupt your sleep. You know, cold. You want sixty sixty five to sixty seven degrees Fahrenheit. Our bodies need to drop throughout the night. Our bodies are temperatures going all over the place, but two to three degrees Fahrenheit to induce sleep. So, you know, blackout shades and eye mask. You can use a chili pad or an Uller or a Sleep 8 Pod Pro. There's all kinds of technology that you can bring in onto the bed to keep the body cold if you're somebody that sleeps hot. There's a lot of things you can do. Then, you know, mouth taping is another thing. If you're a mouth breather and you want to learn to breathe back into your nose, which is better for nitrous oxide, better for sleep quality. You know, it's uh, one of the, I just keep things simple though for people. It's like right. three hours before bed, stop eating. Two hours before bed, stop working. An hour before bed, start a bedtime routine without technology. If you just do that, three, two, one, sleep, right. you'll sleep better. I like that. Three, two, one, yeah. sleep. 
super simple, easy to remember, easy to practice. And if you want to take it to the next level, then you can, you know, you can get the, the Manta sleep mask and you can right. get the chili pad and you can get the high-end <laughs> mattress and the grounding mat. There's all the things you can, you can invest in if you want. Yeah. I don't, I don't do the, like I said, I use the temperature of 67, the mask, a red light bulb in my, next to my dresser. Oh, actually it's a light bulb. The light bulb, I got, I got it at Dave Asbury's, one of those boxes. Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a light that changes from red to, so it, it can go a low white light or it can go to red. Mm-hmm. So if I'm reading, I'll turn it to the, it's a non-incandescent light to read, or I'll put my blue blockers on with a light bulb and white and yep. read. Or I change my iPad to nighttime because I usually read from my iPad. Uh, I don't know why I got in that habit. I like to, I like being able to highlight it. Yeah, and go back and take notes off the computer. It's, it's I, honestly, yeah, it is. It's a great way of of doing that. I mean, and you can get you don't have to have like if you go in my office, I got walls literally my right. walls walls of books here. It's like you don't have to have all the you know. Yeah. It's all in one little thing. You know, I you little, yeah, yeah. I got a books. I, matter of fact, I was. This is a morbid thought, but I was wondering what my family's going to do with all my books when I pass away. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're going to have a book sale. But yeah, I got bookshelves full of of health and wellness books, and it's just crazy. But it's my addiction. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. I I think the easiest. It, Easiest thing is the chiller temperature, the uh, light, the mask, and like you said, three, was it three, two, one, three, two, one, sleep. Yeah, I like that. So a weighted blanket. I know there's a weighted blanket out there now. I don't know. What, yeah, that what, can help. Yeah, it can definitely help. I mean, if you're somebody who likes weight on your body, like I like weight on my body. My wife does not. So if you're somebody who you know feeling like weight on your body comforts you then weighted blanket can help sort of calm your anxiety. Um, But these are all, you know, again, these are minor, minor things. They're not going to solve your insomnia. No, no, you got, I mean, yeah, that's, there's a lot of insomniacs out there and it's, it's sad because they're, they're missing out on things because their body is just not loving. It's, you got to love your body. No. Yeah. Yeah, the body, it's it's true, and it's um. I'm I'm on a mission time to change that. So hopefully they're listening in. And yeah, yeah. And your website. Let's talk about you now for a minute. And first of all, is there anything you want to add that we missed on today? I mean, I think yeah. There's one thing. I think a lot of times people tend to focus too much on the physiology of sleep, and a lot of what I find is a lot of it's the psychology. A lot of it's, you know, the sleep and stress connection and people just don't make that uh, link because you can't see your thoughts or your beliefs. You can see your bed and bedroom, but you can't see your thoughts. And so oftentimes people get really frustrated. They end up coming to us because they've tried all these physical things and they're still not sleeping well. And oftentimes it really is more of a psychological thing. So I'll just kind of leave, leave the audience with that. It's if you've tried everything, all these physical things, the blood work, all the things, and you're still not sleeping, chances are it's probably more of a psychological issue than a, than a physiological at this point. Right. right. And you are Sleep Science Academy. Let's talk about where to find you. Where can people find you? Yeah, sleep, sleepscienceacademy.com uh, for those people that are struggling with their sleep. Um, social channels, Devin Burke, D-E-V-I-N-B-U-R-K-E Wellness on um, Instagram and YouTube and all that. And yeah, so that's that's where you can connect with me. And the book, The Sleep Advantage, is an amazing book. I highly recommend it, especially for those that aren't sleeping. You can get that, yeah, Amazon. Um, and then for people that don't like to read, you know, there's a lot of people out there, not like you and me, Tom, that are lovers of, of books and reading. Um, you can listen to it. It's on Audible. So you can okay. just listen to it on your way to work or taking a walk. And uh, so, so something there for everyone. I, I know you're a busy man. and. Before we go, I have a question that I ask all my guests, and it's the same question, and it has nothing to do with the topic. Okay, great. What album or artist would Devin put on if he had 45 minutes to kill? Ooh. 
And I love all different types of music and it really depends on the mood. I, so right now I love Coldplay as an album. Not a lot of people know about that. They filmed live in, I believe it was Turkey and it's amazing. The name of it is I'll tell you right now. Cause I was just listening to it, believe it or not. What is the name of this? It's called everyday life by Coldplay. It's just amazing. It really is. And, and if you could watch it on YouTube, they have, they filmed it in one day from when the sun rose to when the sun set. They did the whole this whole concert on this roof. And I think it was like Istanbul or Turkey. And the songs are just so, they're about life. They're about death. They're about love. They're about, and it's just, it's beautiful. So that's that's one that, I'm, that I love to listen to. I'll check to. it out. I'll check, yeah, check it, it out. out. Yeah. And I know they're doing a tour this summer, a large stadium tour. Yeah. I, yes, they are. I think they're going to, uh, they're playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta. So I thought about there's, but there's so many good concerts this summer, so it's hard to pick. It's like, yeah, because Tears well, for Fears is going back on tour. I don't know if I don't know who's still in the band, but that's a uh, Tears for Fears was one of my favorites in the '80s, man. They got some good ones. Uh, another good one is uh, Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, she's amazing. Just rocking, man. Yeah. Rocking, rocking. So, so that so she's that, playing. Because I go to Bourbon Festival every year, and she's playing Bourbon. She's playing Louisville that weekend with Pearl Jam. She's Pearl Jam's headlining, and she's the second headliner. They're rocking, rock yeah. and roll, man. Really cool. Good All right, brother. You, Thank you very much. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to come on. Tom, thanks for having me, and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.